Welcome to Disrespectfully with Katie Maloney and Dana Kathan. Unapologetically, we're here to do what we want to do. Spilling the tea. Babe, you're going to see the power of women, like, disrespectfully. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to Disrespectfully. We had your final birthday celebration on Saturday. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Much better than yesterday when I was fighting for my life. Yeah, that was a journey. I was prepared for it. You know, after a night of drinking and celebrating, you don't do anything the next day. Well, I mean, you ride that, the wave. Yeah, that's an institutional bedrock. I was rotting with a capital R. What did your day look like post-birthday? Had the birthday dinner, mm-hmm. which was chill. Mm-hmm. And then the next day had the Vanderpump premiere party thing. And that was a night, of course. And then I had a couple of chill days. And then Saturday night went out. Would you describe the Vanderpump Rules premiere party as chill? That was not chill. I don't think that was chill. I said between Saturday and the party, there was chill. That's true. There was some resting there. And also we need that in our big, big age. The resting before the storm. Yeah, no, but yesterday was I woke up. I had cake for breakfast. In our household, that was a tradition. Like if there was cake, if there was a birthday, we got to eat that for breakfast, which is possibly irresponsible on my parents' part. But like I enjoyed it. And that cake was hot fire. If there's cake in my house, I'm eating it. Period. I'm having it for breakfast. I'm having it. It doesn't matter if it's my birthday or not. You brought me some this morning. I've already consumed it. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm just saying if there's cake in the house, then I don't know. I'm one of those people like I like to have something sweet in the morning also after every meal i'm very much like a dessert person i just got because i am a fucking five-year-old adult vitamins that are gummies because i i have not taken a vitamin since 2009 i probably have very brittle bones so i (laughs) got these like nature made in there they're covered in sugar they look like gumdrops i'm like what gingerbread house did you fall off of however Mm. i've been eating them and they are the perfect digestif for like my morning dessert because let me tell you you eat two and I've had to physically stop myself oh. from eating more because they're so good. Do you feel any different? No, I'm probably more brittle you, by the moment. Are they a scam? Yeah, probably. I, I don't I don't really believe that your body can absorb any like vitamins or nutrients or anything from a gummy nothing. Unless it has weed or mushrooms in it. These don't. <laughs> and that would make for an interesting morning. Who knows? Maybe I should roll the dice sometime. I seriously considered for a moment ordering Flintstones vitamins because those are really delicious. But those are for actual five-year-olds. And so I was like, it's growth. Double the dose. It's giving adult. Let's, yeah, also that is a possibility. But I am proud of myself. However, it is like a little sugary treat in the morning. So I don't know. If you're someone who needs dessert, perhaps look into chewable candy vitamins that are covered in sugar. Yeah, because it's health. Health. Health, everybody. Growth. Wait, can we go back to, okay, Saturday night? We went out for my birthday mm-hmm. and we went to a dive bar, but it was like a strip mall dive bar. We frequent another dive bar. Another strip mall. I will not divulge <laughs> because that is our spot and it is iconic and it has enough people at it as it is. Had you been to this place before? I can't remember if you said that you had. I've been wanting to go check it out because it's it's like in the neighborhood. So it's just another like spot to go, you know, drink at. So me and Raleigh <laughs> did are the ones that found it. Yeah. Me and Raleigh. We're going to our friend's child's dance recital. So we thought cocktails. Let's go get Ob- a drink before. Obviously, as one does. It, it was like 2 p.m. But we're yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you think I'm going to sit through an hour of the Nutcracker where there's no real choreo? <laughs> it's chaos. It's absolutely it's like Lord of the Flies on that stage. So we're like, let's go get a couple drinks. And it just happened to be down the street. And we went in there and we're like, oh, this is giving sad. It's giving down bad. It's giving 
everything we look for in a dive bar and like the regulars were amazing. I, I don't think it was sad and down bad. They got some nice like wallpaper on the walls. They got big ass flat screens. I'm meaning that more from the perspective of we went during the day. So you see when the light is on, when you walk in in the dive bar, you see all the crevasses and it's yeah. it's, dark, it's sometimes dark stuff. So but we were like, wait, this is this would be a great party space because it had these two huge booths. So then when we were discussing your birthday and we we're trying to figure out where to go, light bulb. Anyway, mm -hmm. tell us more. First of all, I just want to talk about just the love of dive bars in general, because passionate it's, subject it's for us. really is like a come as you are. There's no you don't really got to put the effort into any of it. You can come from a workout class. You can come from work. You can come from your couch. You can come from your bed. I've shown up in like sort of pajamas. There's no pretentiousness to it. Mm -mm. No, and there's darts and not to mention cost effective. You live in an expensive city like Los Angeles. You go there, you're getting a $10 martini. Yeah. I just feel like some of the most fun memories and nights that we've had in recent years have been at dive bars. But here's the thing. When you go to a dive bar, you either have to drink like... I mean, you, you're having martinis, which is kind of crazy. You do like shots. I don't do shots, but you're going to do shots. You're going to have a beer, a simple mixed drink. In my experience, the one thing you want to stay away from at a dive bar is wine. And I've done it too many times. I've done Gone. it, but it's it's like... It the, is brutal. It's like two buck chuck from Trader Joe's and then they sell it for $8. I'm not a hater on a two buck chuck. I don't know what this is. It's radioactive. I have had some of the worst hangovers from drinking wine worst. at a dive bar. So like you can't, if you're going to go to a dive bar, do never drink the wine. Just never drink the wine. Have a beer instead. If like, if that's the journey you need to be on, if you cannot switch to something else, just have a beer. Do we need to come up with the dive bar survival guide? Well, I'm kind of giving, I'm giving my this tips is the a tips. little bit. I did many shots on Saturday night at your birthday. That's the most I've drank in a while. Well, also, I'm on my damp January journey. But also, when we walked in, there was a happy birthday sign up and a single two. balloon. Was there two? There was two happy birthdays. Neither were for me. Neither were for you. They were <laughs> someone else. And also, the yokels there are always so friendly and the yeah. people who go there all the time. And it was just good energy. That's the thing is at a dive bar, you can always count on the the regulars being just the staples there the people watching that happens it's also just the most diverse crowd you're gonna have the people that just turned 21 they're hanging there they're trying to drink cheap and then you're gonna have the you know the seniors there that have been going to that same place every damn night for the last 50 years right it also smells distinctly of like cigarettes even though smoking has not been allowed inside an establishment in how many years but i kind of love that as well remember smoking sections and non-smoking sections and you'd go into a restaurant and the whole place smelled like the smoking section. That's yeah. basically what you can expect. At like a having bar. a peeing section in a pool. What's the point? You're so right. I did not come up with that, but I heard that once. And <sighs> I, I was just taking credit for it. it was I really can't good. because it's like I think that's been that's circulated somewhere at some point. But like every time I think about that, I think about the peeing section in the mm. pool. Like I personally love the smell because, as we all know, I'm have been on and off vaping and I've tried supplementing that with cigarettes. I had made a TikTok about it, like bragging about the way I've been off of it. And then I keep obviously relapsing and someone was like cigarettes in 2023 that's bizarre and I was like yeah it is I didn't say it was cute or cool but it happens sometimes so another reason I love dive bars I'll I just know. smell the smokers I feel like cigarettes are like making a comeback in a weird way <sighs> not not that I am doing that but like I just feel like I feel like I've seen more of it lately I have too and I'm kind of in my Carrie Bradshaw era when she's like <laughs> walking through Atlantic City and she's like I miss that smell and one of them's like I thought you hadn't been here before and she was like no, I'm referring to the cigarette <laughs> behind them. So 
I oh personally my love God. it. No, when I walk through a casino and I smell cigarettes, it makes my stomach start to like do like weird little turns. Even if I'm off nicotine, I will always smoke a cigarette in a casino. I'm not again, I'm not saying I'm proud of it or that it's cute, but like when I'm in Vegas, if you can smoke indoors, I'm doing it. I'm joining <laughs> in. It's it's a different, more simple time. And I want to be transported back there. Wow. So that's the camaraderie. That's my declaration. Absolutely. <laughs> also at the dive bar. This is a cool thing because our other dive bar has it too, the jukebox. Oh, yeah, because has, it's it's an app. It's brilliant because who has cash or whatever. You use a QR code, you queue up your songs. However, I did not see how many songs were already queued up. And I paid five hard earned dollars for my four songs and we never heard them. Did you do like the fast? No, fast because thing? I assumed we got there early. We got there at like nine. So uh-huh. I assumed at some point on our journey there, mm-hmm. we would hear them. I never got Rich Baby Daddy by Drake. I never Thank got. God. I never got. That is. I don't like Drake. Well, not everything's about you. Well, it was, my birthday, I mean, it was it your is. birthday, but you did play Freak on a Leash by Korn, which is one mm-hmm. of my favorite songs. I love that song. If Drake would have come on, I would have been like. One Drake song <laughs> never killed anybody, but we had other ones. What is the T-Pain song you're obsessed with? Oh, Buy You Drink? Buy You oh Drink. Oh my God, that's like my anthem. Would that be a funeral song for you? Yeah, play it at my funeral. Someone got all butthurt that I said that. They were like, a wedding song. And I was like, I don't even know if I want a wedding, but a funeral is, death is certain for all of us. So you know for sure. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you want to be represented by your your last time on earth? Like, yeah. there's certain songs. Freak Out Unleashed would be one of mine. I was like, I would want to be cremated. And then in just like the daintiest urn, but I would still want pallbearers. So I want you all to carry me and be like. Okay, fine. If, it's, so if they like, don't want to be morbid about it. What if you were like a WWE fighter, what would be the song that you came out mm. to? That would, yeah, that song. For that environment, because it has to be like hardcore, I feel like Freak Unleashed should be a good one or Toxic by Britney Spears. Both great songs. Okay, yeah, no, that works as what well. What would one be for you? T Pain, buy your drink. It always, would be, it would always. be buy your drink. What always makes me lose my mind at Emo Night? Throne by Bring Me Horizon. Mm-hmm. That would be a good one. King for a Day. Easy. King for a Day did Easy. play and we did go insane. Will you ever join me in the mosh pit? Perhaps. I think you should consider it next time. Having a, you know, bit of a brain injury once I just want to mm. protect the, the dome, you know, I don't really want to get knocked in the back of the head. Katie and I are big fans of Emo Night. Truly the first time I went, I was like crying tears of joy in the mosh pit because it was a inner child work moment. Being emo was not cool back in the day. Like I was bullied for many reasons, but that was one of them. Like I was, you know, dress the part. I was, I wish there had been a subscription for Hot Topic because I would have had that. Like it was, it was a different time, at least in the school I went to. So being there, I feel like that's a shared collective experience. And you just get to listen to the best music all night that they don't normally play in other bars. And there is a mosh pit, but I will say, because we're all drinking, drinks should not be allowed in the mosh pit because I'd rather go ice skating in terms of the stability of it. And we're all in like, Doc Martens and everything like shoelaces are off and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's very fun, but it is there's a risk for a concussion. <laughs> the thing I used to say about like emo and all that, when I came into the the scene of it all, I was I it was like my senior year or whatever. I didn't I don't really give a fuck. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to to that or what whether it was cool. I mean, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like the most popular music. I mean, there was stuff that was a little bit more I guess mainstream that was kind of maybe hitting TRL like dashboard was becoming a little bit mm-hmm. more because I mean when I graduated and I started going to shows I wasn't there wasn't th- there wasn't that sort of high school sort of 
hierarchy of it all. Yeah. Yeah. To know whether or not it mattered. Well, and it's like, I obviously did it anyway, but it, the point is it just, it feels <laughs> like a very safe space and you can be yourself and oh, yeah. it's just. Well, now it's very mainstream popularized. That, so. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But we do love it. And I would love if you would join me in the mosh pit. I, I do it every time. Football players get CTE. Like I'm sure a lot of people at Emo Night get CTE. Like it is a risk. Also, Raleigh has a very funny video of me. I'm like moshing and I actually, I posted it, but I cut it right before. This guy absolutely like sideswipes me and I go like a pinball just across the entire floor. I went to story of the year and I was watching people from like, I was kind of on like a second level. And I was like, humans are so cute. Like they just like hear a song and they want to just like bump into other humans like, let's let's throw our bodies into each other because we like this song so much i, <laughs> I thought it was like the cutest like thing that people do I, like i don't know i don't like how they come up with these ideas and everyone catches on and then it's like i don't know i just love that they hear a song and they want to just like rage i think about that all the time <laughs> humans are such weird little creatures i haven't been in a while but i like to roller skate also and i was like who was like let's put wheels on our shoes and go on the slickest floor imaginable and spin and spin around like who who came up with that i saw another one i think logan had posted a meme about it and he was like people are so cute like when we're happy we just decide to show our teeth at each other like when you're smiling and laughing and it's so true i think it's cute and i just i don't know i just like was loving watching people watch and then these other people were like doing some like hand clapping thing they had their own like, like little party, party going sort of and then one person kept like crowd surfing i saw him go like 20 times and he had the biggest smile on his face i'm like he is living his best life right now again we're gonna pass this person across above our heads all the way to the front and like that's just accepted it's just like that's completely normalized in that setting what <laughs> this is one of my deepest shames i've never actually been crowd surfing ever in my life. And I let, I don't, I don't say that I have, but I let people assume that TJ, our friend I've who puts these events that on about you, but all right. Well, it just in conversation with people like, Oh, I love crowd survey. I'm like, totally. But TJ, I was last time we were there, I texted him and I was like, can I do it? Cause I didn't know if you could jump off the stage. And he was like, the stage is way too high. I know that's what I know. I, but I feel like people were doing it. So I don't know where they no were doing one... it from, but I'd like to find the access. I saw, I saw someone last time doing it, but I don't well, know where no, they, they just from, get, they just, from you, the crowd. you just hoist up and do it. You don't jump. Do you want to know one of my other deepest shames? What? I'm just going to admit it. I like Nickelback. Girl, so do I. The way that people are so hard on Nickelback. First of all, they have some bangers. Second of all, Chad Kroger, I know you feel this way. Yeah. It would be like a bucket list. He can get it. He can get it yeah. any day of the week. And mm -hmm. I'm like, why don't we talk about that more? I met him when I was 10 and I have a photo with him after his concert and at that concert he was like to my mom he's like is she hitting on me I wasn't I just was an outgoing child and I was <laughs> oh, like God. so are you originally from Vancouver and I feel like I'd like to show him that photo that someday and be like we could take other photos different kinds of photos because I'm a grown-up now he used to come around more he was I saw him at TomTom Tom once he's I yeah said something. He, he's he's friends with someone who shall not be named but he's a really nice guy he is a daddy. Yeah, no, he can. He can get it. I, I but would. I'm glad to know that you like their music. I'm sure people at home are. You know, what? I also think there's they a lot of closeted. A, they have a lot of hits. There's a lot of closeted Nickelback fans. And I'm like, can we all just we talked about this last episode collectively. Can we just admit that they're good? Can we admit people like them? Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Um, but also they still like tour and sell out like massive venues. Have so, you ever like, seen them? 
live? No. I mean, I was 10, but I would, if they came here somewhere, I would go to their concert. Okay, well, we're going to so, go. So okay, go great. Back. We're going to go and then we're going to try and get backstage like groupies. We're going to fight those other broads, make our way through. Are you going to go see Creed when they're... Um, How do you feel about Creed? Nah, a little different. I don't know. But that's, they're another one that's a little bit of a, you know, polarizing type of band. So polarizing. But I would say I, I don't, I don't, I, I am very fond of Nickelback, but Creed is like, they don't do it for you as much. I mean, how do you feel about them? I like that that one song, I guess. Can you take me? Mm. Oh, no. That? With Arms Wide Open. Mm. That was a staple. I guess they got a couple songs. I don't know. But I mean, not as much. I don't hear it and I'm like, I got to listen to this whole song or I want to hear more. Kind of in the same vein as Chad Kroger, because I have been, it's the 25th anniversary of The Sopranos. And we know now I'm a hyper fixation girly, so I'm incapable of watching anything new. I just listen to and watch the same things over and over. Would you let Tony Soprano hit it? Did you ever watch The Sopranos? Yeah, I never finished it. Okay. And it was that bad? Whatever. You need to, but you're going to be very upset like everyone else was. I know. But Tony Soprano, yes or no? Probably, yeah. I, I think that's kind of like, yeah. He is. That kind so of energy I like. He is so sexy to me. I'm like. Please slap me with your gold pinky ring. Anything. You can do anything you want. I think he's so hot. That uh, that energy I'm definitely attracted to because I feel like that's um, sort of the same like energy. I. It's I, the BDE. Yeah. Of it I all. resonate with that energy. Well, and probably when I watched it for the first time, which is in 2020 when we were on lockdown and I was just had nothing to do and no one to speak to except for Leo at the time. I watched it and I was like, I get the appeal, but it wasn't necessarily like a fiery passion I have for him. And it has grown over the years as I've watched it. And I'm just like, oof. Pick me up in your Escalade any day of the week. <laughs> what about Bill Nye? You have some of the weirdest, like, <laughs> do. But what were we calling this? Like, we played this game where it was like, we were trying to think of like, kind of like the ugly Hawkeye, like where it's like for some reason, like you have like Larry David and Bill Nye. Ugh, LD. I know you don't feel that way about either of them, I don't think. And again, because you have to look no. at them as who they are. It's not like if I saw Larry David walking on the street and he wasn't Larry David, I wouldn't like turn my head into a double take but it's because of who he is his he's the funniest man alive i laugh so, i know he's funny he's but like but but, but he's funny but like still that doesn't do it for me and i like funny guys like jack black yeah oh he's a perfect person out yeah. of this list jack black is sexy i mean who was giving me is, shit about that school of rock is one of the best movies ever made yeah god was it me maybe back in the day I'm yeah like, have you changed your mind i don't i feel like i yeah i because i his that like he was on Jimmy Fallon or something and he like plays the sax. Oh, he's that like, toy sax song. Two, three, motherfuckers. Do, do, do. It's C. No, he's got big BD. What's another one of yours? Now I'm on the spot. It was like when I was trying to like think of like other like body type examples. Well, I think this is in the same way that someone asks you your favorite movie. I, I keep a list on my phone. So you can pull it. I think like I'm up to 65. No, I have literally <laughs> done that before. Like when someone was asking me after my favorite color on a date, I'll be like, oh, let me tell you. Because someone asks you your favorite movie. We go to the movies all the time. We love the movies. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I'm like, what is cinema? Like, why is that? Forget who I am. I don't know the psychology behind it. At least Chad Kroger and Tony. I don't think those are that weird. I don't think so either. I think the ladies would agree. Possibly the gentlemen. I would say no to Bill Nye for me and no to Larry David. Bill Nye can put whatever science experiment he wants. Girl. That's all I have to say about that. You'll give your body to biology for him? Mm -hmm. I will donate like, it to science. I'll donate my body specifically to Bill Nye. He just seems really cool. And it's weird because back in the day, we used to watch him on his little, like, I, at least we did when they like this, roll in the TV at school. But I don't know. It's just that's why with it's, me. 
I mean, Katie, my dad doesn't You might want to unpack that a little bit. My dad doesn't love me. I'm sure that has something to do this with is, it. This is some daddy issues yeah, coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Got it. Okay, I saw this the other day and I screenshotted it because it is so disturbing to me. This is a news clipping from, I think it was Us Weekly or something. Let me read this to you. Okay. And I'm going to show you the photo and I need you to react to it. So it's a photo of Mariah Carey and it says, fashion victim of the week. Oops, we forgot to put Mariah Carey in our fat thighs story. <laughs> Wait, when was this? This was 1997. Oh. On those porky pins. Stop. The pop princess is no dainty butterfly. Her Vava Voom Versace couldn't be much shorter. It's barely bigger than a t-shirt. Why doesn't the suddenly single songbird just go naked? So I, I'm going to have you look at this and you can react and then I'll give you my feedback to this photo. Oh. What? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's a very specific reason why. I'm sure <gasps> Google Porky Pins Mariah Carey. You, know, you could probably I find this. Um Okay, the body dysmorphia in our generation is, is so clear. First of all, that dress, hot fire. I'd First wear that all, right now. She's she she's probably she, she's a size four at most in this she photo. She looks incredible. Her legs, oh my look, God. her legs look athletic and stunning and beautiful and slim. First of all, Porky Pins jail. Whoever fat came, thighs story. Why were they writing a fat thighs story? <laughs> Porky Pins. There's. I mean, everything. Oh my God! Whoever wrote this is in my basement. There's so much wrong with that. And it, and it hasn't ended in this day and age. We, no. want to, we want to say that we've progressed so much in the way we speak about women and their bodies and their like, but like no one, we can't even escape it. Even the way like people like, and I know that like they were just mainly talking about my clothes, but constantly like the way I get under people's skin as if I commit crimes with the things that I wear. I don't care. I kind of like it because it's like the way I'm not going to be for everybody just in terms of as a person, the way I dress is so not for everybody. The ones I get it, get it. And that's great because, you know, whatever. But like what I wore to the Vanderpump premiere party. Which was hot fire. I loved great. it. Like my little punk princess. I love it. You would have thought I rolled in shit and covered myself in feathers. The way people <laughs> talked. about. No, truly. I was just like, it, it, it was so. <laughs> well, also I love and then you go peek at their profile and I'm like, I don't think you're walking the runway anytime soon, darling. I was wearing like a lace dress underneath a leopard print, uh, like silk dress. And so I was kind of like mixing patterns and mixing textures, which I like to do. I like, right. I like to wear stuff that maybe doesn't make sense to other people. And like, it's kind of taking a risk and things like that. But that's like what I like. I like to experiment. Um, I like to take risks and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And but the thing is, I'm not always going to just wear something just simple and spark. Sometimes I will. I don't know. But it's just it's just interesting to me. Like, I really don't care if no. everybody likes it. and just because it's maybe not in the Coles catalog doesn't mean it's not <laughs> fashionable or doesn't mean it's not stylish. I like just I like to wear what I like to wear. And it sometimes makes sense to people. And oftentimes it's not going to make sense to everybody, though. Can't remember her name, but I think Sarah something on TikTok. And she's this really outrageous, amazing creator. She has bright orange hair and it's cut in kind of like a cool, like mullet style. And she wears, she has a maximalist, which is, mm. and also different than me. She just wears a lot of color. 
And the way that she mixes things up, it is psychotic looking when she's layering it. But then she does a final look at the end and I'm like, oh, I get it for you. And then I think I was telling you she did like a very basic look of like a T-shirt, a basic Dior bag, uh, jeans and Converse. And then like that's what she did for Halloween, which was very funny. And it looked bizarre on her. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's individualistic. And why do other people care? And you looked so hot. Well, I think some people are just like. What it comes down to, too, is the the thing that I got a lot of the time is they're like, she just doesn't know how to dress for her body. And when people start to make those kind of comments about not dressing for your body, first of all, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up immediately. Just enough with that. The way that people are so comfortable. To, and also, obviously, it's just always going to be that way that women get more of that criticism. But you posted it was only a few months ago. Someone did an article and was like, heroin chic is back. And it was a reputable magazine or mm. outlet. And I was like what Mm. is it we want to go back to those times gotta leave it alone they're going in the basement (laughs) have i told you about my basement no i live in an apartment so i don't have an actual basement this is a metaphorical basement but it's very useful okay right my friend sarah came up with this concept and basically you have your metaphorical home and then you have a basement in it and when you hate someone or something it goes to the basement so when we're talking in conversation we'll just say basement because it's like that's where they're going so whoever came up with Porky Pins is basement. in my basement this week. Okay. Is there anyone in your basement? So, so many people. Are you joking? Your basement's going to be crowded. <laughs> my basement's full. They're going to call the fire chief on you. <laughs> They're just gonna, it's not going to meet code. It is so not up to code. At this point, when I see stuff like that, or I just see just general outrage about my own choices. It's, yeah, that's all going to the basement. That's basement. That is such basement material. It's basement behavior. Basement behavior. Punishment fits the crime. Basement behavior. Bye. Yeah, that's all going in the basement. I like that. Yeah. Okay, we'll stick to it. With all the all the spooky ghosts and Mm -hmm. rats and Mm -hmm. spiders. I'd say the rats and spiders. The ghosts can hang with me. I like them. Um, me and Raleigh bought an EVP reader. She told me the other day. And I I love cemeteries in general. We've talked about like they're, oh, yeah. I, they're just beautiful. They and really I are. think they're very calming. My friend used to live right next to one and we used to go walk through it. I don't know. I just I like reading their little two headstones and I just you can feel the energy there. So we bought an EVP reader for anyone that doesn't know. Um, she watches a lot of ghost hunters and it's, you know, supposed to be able to hear things and see things. I can't I don't know which one she got. It has the like able to read the heat sensors or whatever. So we're going to go to a cemetery. Would you like to come? Of course. And we're going to do it. Oh, my God. I totally want to do that. I, I, there was like this one really beautiful cemetery in Park City. It's called Glenwood. And I used to love going there. It was definitely like overgrown with like, you know, not weeds, but, you know, the brush and everything. And it's so pretty. And it's really kind of sad reading some of the tombstones because a lot of young, young. I know. I hate when I see that. But we were like taking pictures and the orbs that you see in the photos i swear one time in one of the orbs i'll have to show you a picture i could see like almost like a man in the orb what what's your opinion on orbs explain to people if they don't know uh well i mean what they say is that an orb represents a spirit an entity an entity but it's like you see them in photos or videos they like you know can they can sometimes be seen moving and some people equate they'll say it's dust depending on how you're taking it it's unmistakable the way they show up and the way they're showing up in these pictures they were massive like there's no reason it's 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 so not dust i was telling her when we got the evp reader which we were drunk obviously um <laughs> where do you buy that like amazon ghosts are us but, I, yeah i'm like not totally sure she did it but so me and my friend courtney went to there's 
I think it's called Kaboto Gardens. It's in Seattle. It's an iconic, well-known cemetery. And she hates ghosts. I don't even know why she agreed to this. But we went there at night. And there's also a lot of sketchy goings-ons there. So it's just not a safe place. And I'm pretty sure we were like 16 and told our parents we were somewhere we were not. Mm. And we Typical behavior. Typical. So we had a digital camera. And when we shot it, I will never forget for the rest of my life. In the photo, you can't even see like inches in front of you because there's so many orbs. But when we shot it, the flash, you could see them. Literally, you Mm. could see them everywhere. And so we weren't there for very long. You and I have both had a lot of paranormal experiences. And this could be an entire this could be an entire series of episodes about the amount of like when I started seeing ghosts and having all these things. And then there was that. That demon the one time at my apartment, I have such scary footage of like growling that is not human and things. Remember the one where in my apartment, like my the chair moved and then my blinds and my TV turned on. Oh, yeah. In that, oh, in literally God. in like two seconds. I know it was so freaky. I so, know. I mean, I've de- yeah, we've definitely had like paranormal experience and ghost experience. But then we've had. The not kind of paranormal ghost experiences, too. <laughs> Which one's scarier? They're both scary. I'd say the human ones are. I, yeah, that's, little- that's scarier for me. Which one's scary- haunt you more? Which one's haunt you more? The ghost. Of the human past, at least paranormal. No, the people, because at least my ghosts are consistent. My actual ghosts. One has been with me since I was a child. At least I see him, and I can't even get a text back. Because you know what they say about ghosts when they come in, like at least they can't hurt you. Yeah, they can't touch you. They can't. They can't touch you. They can't hurt me. These kind of ghosts, excruciating. They can hurt you. Yeah, and they will, and they do. We're talking about ghosting. If you haven't picked up on it, there's different categories of ghosting as well. I hate the friendly ghost. I hate the Casper. Okay, let's talk about the friendly ghost. The friendly ghost is someone who you have been seeing for any amount of time, possibly hooked up with, possibly haven't, who you think you have future plans with or make them and then they just stop talking to you. They typically ghost. And then all of a sudden they're in your DMs, parting your stories. They're yeah. still there. They're, they're floating around in orbit. They're not totally gone. Yeah. They need like, to pass over like, to the other side. They're like, we're still cool. I still like, like you as a person. I just don't want to talk to you like that anymore. We're just done with like that part of this thing. They don't block you. They don't unfollow you. But they're just they're done like trying to hang out with you and text you. I soft block <laughs> those people with a, a quickness that would shock you. Soft block for anyone that doesn't know is when you go to someone's page, you block them and then unblock them because I'm not petty enough or flatter myself enough to actually block someone. But when you soft block, it forces you both to unfollow. And it's not even just that I don't want to see your stuff anymore, but also I don't want to see you in my, you know, because there's certain people that you look for them in your stories. Like, are they watching? Because those type of ghosts, they don't care. They're not really there because it means anything to them. They're just trying to see if they can keep you on the line. Mm -hmm. And they are haunting. It does haunt me. So you got, I got a soft block. You don't do that as much. Those are like the most haunting type of ghosts. It's like, why are you bugging me still? You don't think I noticed that you just like stopped responding to my text, but here you are like liking all my stories and you want to come into my DMs or float me a a meme. Well, which is so when they send you a meme is so shocking. You're like, I haven't heard from you in 84 years. Why are you (laughs) sending me a meme? That's usually also not even that funny. Well, I mean, like, thanks. But like what you you should have just altogether stopped bugging me if like you had no intention on following through on any of this like. The thing is, I think that friendly ghosts are professionals. That's why I think they do it because they are haunting. They have busy nights. Okay. <laughs> they're running from cemetery to cemetery. They're going through their graves because mm. they have, they're haunting six other people. Yikes. 
And all those people are feeling that way. So there's, you think so? Or do you think they just like, they truly just don't know how to just like leave a person alone? Ghosting in general, when someone kind of comes back in your life in a soft way is that they can't leave you alone because they want to still know they have access to you. There's so much power in silence. There's so much power in shutting people out and not acknowledging that behavior by engaging with it. Like, I will leave you on red if you ghost me and I'm allowing you to still follow me. Bye. I'm not going to talk to you. But yeah, I think that they still want access to you. I don't know. I think the ones that will ghost fully completely and then pop back around like just a couple months later as if like that as if nothing happened. Those are more frightening. Mm. The zombies. Zombies. The, the come back to life. Mm-hmm. Not the, the friendly ghosts that kind of like disappear, but don't fully disappear. Mm-hmm. I think the zombies, the ones that like die and then like all of a sudden come back to life and they're like as if they didn't die. You're like, mm, hold on. I'm going to submit a new category. What's that? I don't feel like I've ever heard this before. The gaslighting ghost. I've had two back to back. Two Is this where like they're, t- they're trying to convince you that they didn't? Yes. Ghost? Yes. Oh. The gaslighting ghost. Oh my God. Okay. One. Because it's it's basically the same thing. So I'll tell you an example of one. But I had someone I was seeing for a few weeks. They were going out of the country for, I think, a month. And I kept telling this person, I don't want this to be serious. Like, I did not take him seriously. But he, again, I think he did it for sport. I never believed any of his bullshit. I, his friend told me about exactly who he was. I knew. So I was like, n- he, I never let a single word seep in. I was like, whatever. He's going to go out of town. We did have plans. The Sunday before... He went out of town and we were doing our own thing that weekend. And so I we didn't talk, but I was like, well, I know we have plans on Sunday. I'll hear from him. So Friday night, I post a story. He hearts it. Saturday, I post a story. He hearts it. Sunday, noon rolls around. I don't hear from him. 9 p.m. rolls around. I don't hear from him. And I was like, after all of that, after you were trying to constantly, by the way, I was going on so many dates during this time and he kept being like, he'd always be like, well, I'm not dating other people, which I knew was bullshit, but I never once agreed with him. I never once said I'm not dating other people because I was, but I was like, okay, it needed a fizzle anyway. Good. Go to your other country. So I soft block him though. I was like, I'm not, I'm not acknowledging this behavior. Bye. So he texts me a few days later and he was like, you forced me to unfollow you weird flex, but okay. And I was like, we had flex, weird flex, but okay. No, it's called boundaries. My, my dude, Correct. it's called boundaries. Correct. Then. I was like, you literally ghosted me and went to another continent. Weird flex, but okay. And he was like, <laughs> I didn't ghost you. The phone works both ways. And I was like, yeah, but you're always very communicative. It, when, it, when it is a guy, it usually comes from the guy. Like if they want to see you, they will. So he fully tried to gaslight me. It was, it was shocking. And this conversation, I won't bore you with it, went on forever. And then also a few weeks later, Raleigh found out through a good friend of his that he had been hanging out with that person's friend. He Sunday night, he was with another girl, which is fine. I was like so over it by that point. But I was like, I rest my case. But that's a gaslighting ghost. Have you had gaslighting ghosts? Maybe to a certain degree. Sounds a bit familiar. My favorite ghost story recently um, has been a guy that I was talking to for uh, really quite some time. And again, the talking phase is so exhausting because it's just like, you don't ever, you don't like, what am I doing? Or I'm just like talking to this person seems endless. I don't even know if this is going anywhere. I don't even know if this person likes me, but here I am just torturing myself. So anyway, yeah, we talked for some time and then I wanted to talk on the phone because I felt like there was a bit of like a, some, they're pulling a wave, 
right? So I was like, hey, I miss your voice. Be great if we could talk. And he said, I'll call you later. And then when it later came around and we're just like texting, I go back to that message. I was like, if you wanted to, you would have. That kind of sucks. You know, I'm not going to lie, but you know, I've been here before and like, whatever. You said you're going to call. You didn't. Rather like than calling me or saying anything, he says nothing and does nothing. Four days later, sends me some kind of like excuse message of just like, I'm stressed. I just like can't, you know, like, and, and it's, if that's like a valid thing and I'm not going to invalidate that, like maybe that's how people handle stuff. Definitely there's some avoided tendencies, you know, saying, I don't want to like hurt what we have, blah, blah. I say, well, I am hurt. I don't know what to tell you because I am hurt. And you also haven't talked to me for four days. What does he do? Doesn't talk to me for almost two months. And then starts coming around. <laughs> coming wait, around. does this person live in a very sunny place that isn't California? Yeah. Okay, wait, I remember this one. So did, didn't he send you a meme or something or well, like he, heart a story on Instagram? Well, yeah. I mean, it starts like kind of sending me some memes, starts like popping around, popping around. And I, you know, I oblige. I'm not, I'm never going to be like, tell someone to go fuck themselves. Eventually, the, the text that I probably knew was going to come was like the whole like, I miss talking to you. Well, no shit. Cause I'm, why wouldn't you want to talk to I'm me? I'm a delight. And a so, goddamn delight. so I'm just like, okay, well I'll be remiss if I don't like bring up the fact that like, where you been? You just stopped talking to me. And it's a point where I like kind of wanted to have a conversation with you. You just straight up stopped talking to me. He sends me kind of the same message he sent me right before he stopped talking to me of like acknowledging like, well, I was stressed and I don't handle that stress very well. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, great. Like we already established that. I respond. I send a, a voice note because I don't want to like, I tone gets lost in, in translation, all that. But like, mind you, he started this conversation. I give five minutes of my time to send a message explaining things from my perspective of just like how I've viewed and felt the situation is gone. What does he do? Leave me on red. Later that night, I go, okay, well, fuck me then, right? Like, what the fuck? I'm like, you said just, that? And, yeah. And he's like, no, don't do that. I said, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm just like, you know what? No, I blame myself for re-engaging in all this. Like, should not have done that. Anyways, tries to like call me, tries to say like, I wish I could talk to you right now, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, I was asleep. You're like, do I look like, have you seen Aladdin? Do I look like the genie? You don't have wishes. There's not three wishes here. You, you could have, you don't need to wish. You could have just called me. Yeah. It's well, that easy. Well, he did try in the middle of the night. I was asleep. I was like, the next day, sorry, I was asleep. He goes, yeah, I figured. Okay, well, here I am now. Doesn't try to talk, call nothing. So later that night, I'm like, okay, so we just back to like not talking. Because I really, I really don't want that. I really, I really don't. That was the last I heard. <laughs> of course, it, of course it was. So like, again, like, I'm just like, um, just well, popping he, back up trying like, well, of course, because he just like doesn't want to have the conversation, doesn't want to like have to talk about shit that he did wrong. So it's like, he's just going to stay dead now. Well, is he, he back to being dead? Is he a thespian? Is he the ghost of William Shakespeare? Because that's that's theater. That's all. The, it's all theatrics. I'm like, life is not that hard. These concepts are not algebra. It's like so easy to be in communication with someone if you want to. It's very clear when someone's tapering off or they're ghosting or they're pulling away. And it's just like, I don't have time to be a pre-K for someone. Either you should have learned these skills a long time ago if you can't figure it out and you have to ask for it. No, yeah, I'm not. No. I, mean, I go straight back. I'm so stubborn. If you fall off or I don't hear from you, you are 
dead to me. Well, I mean, at this point, I think for like a while, especially last year, I was just trying to kind of figure out like, what do I really want? Do I really want to end up in a relationship? Am I just trying to like have fun right now? And now that I've like really kind of figured that out, I do not have any time or patience for that. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to be a convenience to anyone. I'm not here to have my time wasted by anyone. I want to enjoy the process of getting to know somebody and not really like have any expectations or committed to any kind of outcome but like i'm not here to like play with anyone if someone wants to play they can go outside like i've said <laughs> but no like this is rid ridiculous like if once you become inconsistent like that bye-bye like it's, it's so it's so truly not hard inconsistency is a form of consistency so if someone mm -hmm. is inconsistent and it happens all the time, they are being consistent. They're being consistently inconsistent. And I don't but, have any time. But I'm for saying that. once you when you've gone from being consistent in terms of like cadence and communication yeah. and then it flips. OK, well, now we've we've changed gears. So well, like, and it's, it's loud. That quiet is really loud. And that's also when gaslighting happens a lot of the time because they'll be like, what are you talking about? Nothing's changed. And it's like, yeah, it has. It yeah. obviously has. And you're trying to say something with that. Ex well, 100%. Inaction and also, speaks like, louder than words. Well, right. And also, I think your effort is a reflection of your interest. And I'm not here to put any more energy into somebody that clearly has no interest in me. No, especially where, and I know we've talked about this, but where I am in my life personally, I, I'm in a very different place than I've ever been from a dating perspective in terms of not only am I the happiest I've ever been, I'm the most secure I've ever been. And I used to base because I had so many failed relationships, but I didn't realize that that was my responsibility based on I didn't know my attachment style. I didn't understand why I was picking the same type of person who basically hated me and it was <laughs> never going to work. So then when I got rejected because I ended up being needy because they pulled away, I was bewildered and was like, OK, something's basically a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So I was like, okay, something is wrong with me. I'm unlovable, but mm. I am actually very lovable. And I realized that is not the problem. The problem is that I was not picking the correct kind of person who was emotionally available and wouldn't light up my attachment yeah. style. So right now, like I'm ready for love whenever that happens, but I, I just don't care anymore. Like the universe has beat me into submission finally that I'm like, I am so happy in my day to day. And I wasted wasted the mid to end of my 20s and I'd say right into my 30th year so much time being like where's my person what's wrong with me everyone has it around me well I know a lot of people who have what I thought I wanted and are wildly unhappy or I'm watching that explode and it's just I think part of it for me was also because I thought I really wanted kids and although I love kids and I know you felt that way we've talked about this I'm I'm not saying I don't want them, but it's not my focal point anymore. Like I used to think I was going to for sure freeze my eggs and I feel pretty confident now I won't. And I think if I meant to have kids, I will. And if it doesn't happy for me, there are other things in life that really do make me happy. Well, yeah, I don't think that should be our purpose or make us or feel like that has to be our purpose. I think that is something that has come from society and patriarchy perhaps is that like women are meant to be these maternal figures you know our purpose is to find a husband and then you know reproduce and that is like our life's purpose and I think that is bullshit and people are so threatened by that I saw a guy had some gal on her podcast and she said I don't want kids child free by choice <laughs> is very much a thing right now and he was like well that's selfish and she's like that's fine 
And I'm like, first of all, how is that even selfish? But it's why why it concerns other people, whether you do or don't want children. It is a thing of the patriarchy. It is a way to benchmark making you feel insecure that you haven't achieved someone. And so they want you to go into these situations that uphold a system that benefits mm -hmm. them, where it's like, I think a lot of us are reevaluating. I say it all the time. Sex in the City is a documentary when she's like, do we think we want children in marriage and these norms or do we think we should have them? Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm very grateful to have spent a lot of time reevaluating what makes me happy and that how amazing my life is. The second I took that off the table, the weight that lifted off my shoulders was just tremendous. Like I get to yeah. do many cool things. And there, of course, there are also wonderful things about having kids. There's wonderful things about having a family, but it's not the only thing for women. Once you take it off the table and take the pressure off Oof. of yourself and just like look at like your life and being able to design it in a way that you can just truly be in love with life and whatever comes your way and whatever you can design it to be. I think it's just kind of like a beautiful thing. Not needing someone outside of yourself to be happy, not needing anything outside of yourself to be happy. I think it's a wonderful thing that just like being able to choose everything that you want in your life, I think. Do you feel like it matters. took you longer than it should have to get there? I think it took me the exact time it needed to to get here. Because mm. I think I'm like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, you wasted so much time. Or like, oh, it, no, I think I, I, it, it needed to happen when it happened. Yeah. I think, of course, would have been nice if I could have figured it out sooner. Yeah. I sure. But I think it, I think the timing is, is always important. I think that I, I don't want to question that. I think it happened when it needed to happen. I agree. I think that's a good perspective. I think that more so I feel like when I meet someone who's 25, who's stressing out about these kinds of things, I'm like, darling, <laughs> learn from sweet take my, summer child, <laughs> Barbie, take my hand. I'm like, let's <laughs> go for a walk. Let me help you. And it also makes dating easier because I used I mean, that energy, it, it shows like when you're on a first date and you're like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, do you want kids? Like, what are you thinking about kids? How old are you? Like, do you, what is your trajectory? What's your path? And now I'm like, I sit down at a date and I'm like, I used to wonder if they like me and want them to like me and whatever. And now I'm like, do I, like I'm them? seeing if I like you, if I want to spend any time with you and I yeah. don't care about a timeline. I only, if something is serving me and adding serious value to my life, is it welcome? Yeah. Cause at this point, the only person that they're competing with is myself. Am I going to disrupt my piece <laughs> for no. you? Like you, you got to be someone special in order for me to like want to add you into my my life and and make you a part of what I got going on. I didn't come this far to come this far and not be happy. Mm -hmm. It's just I've waited a long time. And like you said, it, it did happen probably when it was supposed to. But and also 33 is and maybe some people would would beg to differ is still very young. And I'm like. I feel more solid than I ever have. And even if I had ended up with someone that it wouldn't have lasted because I wouldn't have been in the right space. And now I'm just like, it's just not my, it's not my top priority anymore. Someone hosted one of my, me with one of my nieces and someone was like, did she finally get married and have kids? And I responded back and was like, that is not my life's mission. Like, no, I didn't. And finally, who, you don't even know me. Well, I think it's still like a bit of an antiquated way of thinking of like, you know, you're supposed to be married by a certain age, especially a young age in your 20s, because 
for a long, long time, people didn't live very long. So people would get married at a young age because they didn't live past like, I don't know, like 60 was old, <laughs> you know, um, that was long time. Like, that's how long this way of thinking has been. So I think people are thinking that like being single or unmarried in your 30s is like way old. And it's like, no, we're living longer now. Right. Like You can meet somebody and get married in your 40s and still be married for 40 something years together. Like well, that's a, that is a really long time to be with a person. To save forever like is, I don't know, I just think that, and mind you, a lot of people, I want to emphasize it, there are a lot of people it works out for and who and that live that life and that's great. And that's to saying, be pessimistic about it, but that is more rare than anything. It is. Like if you meet somebody in your 20s and you stay married to them for your life, like you are in a very small percentage. Yeah, it is. And actually it's weird that you just brought up lifespan because recently a politician was talking and was basically saying if you're in your 20s right now they're going to raise the retirement age or they would like to to 70 and because the life expectancy will be 77 i'm so grateful for our generation truly i think it kind of was happening in gen x very much millennial very very much in gen z we just look at the world differently we don't all want to work our asses off till we die like and they'll older generations will be like well it means you're lazy and it's like no we we prioritize our own happiness and what fills us up rather than grinding away and having on, only seeing one type of traditional relationship style as being successful. And also, I actually think that a lot of marriages are successful, even if they end, like if you're with someone for 10 years, that they can still be a very successful marriage. I just I think people are like looking at it so differently. I don't view my relationship with Tom or as, as, as a failed anything. I think being with anyone for decade plus is a win that's totally a, that's a that's a long time spent with a person yeah. and you know you just become different people and you grow apart and I think being able to call it what it is and end it like that is is acknowledging something you know bigger than what you you know I just don't think that's talked about enough it's so it's and it's also like when people some people I think have a hard time calling it because that it you know it's looked at in a certain way yeah like and yeah admitting you had made a mistake or something where it's like I think that there's actually a lot of courage in that and that can that can be the successful outcome I think being unsuccessful is staying in something that makes you miserable well because it was so taboo divorce was just like really really frowned upon for a long time um so I think a lot of people saw that way of thinking whether it's family or whether it's religion or anything like that so I think there's a kind of like that process of thinking but I think like with any with any kind of whether it's a job whether it's career or anything like that like nothing you can do forever and if and if it is a relationship and I think some people think that like oh I failed at this or it's like well you wouldn't look at like look at someone who plays football but they can't play football forever mm -hmm. their body will not allow it so I mean I, no one looks at that as like a failure they look at it as like wow you had an amazing career right so wow you had an amazing marriage you just can't do it anymore yeah this is the last time I'll talk about sex in the city today I can't promise other episodes <laughs> but the very ending of sex in the city always makes me cry because it's like literally her last line it's something along the lines of and the most important challenging and exciting relationship you have is the one you have with yourself and I just feel like a lot of people are waking up to that like that has never been emphasized as what what a an example of success in your life is if like you have a healthy relationship with yourself and you're able to fill well and that's why I ended mine because I chose myself because I was like I I could stay in this and not be happy 
or I could leave it and choose myself and choose happiness. And whether that's being alone, but being happy and choosing things that are going to make me happy and filling my life with things that make me happy, whether that ends up being another person or not. But this doesn't know, this does not make me happy. I'm with someone that doesn't choose me and I choose them every day. Like, what is that? I say this all the time, but, and people think it's morbid. I mean this in a positive. We are currently on a rock. It's floating through space. It's on fire. (laughs) And we're all going to die soon. So, you know, take that for what you will. Be happy. Do it. Do what makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. It's not that deep. Should we get into WWDD? Yeah. Let's do it. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Okay, last year I ended a 22-year relationship with divorce. It was like the two toms combined into one. I, I felt a sense of grief, but also accomplishment in the past year. Although I still feel far from being able to start dating, I know the time will come and it terrifies me since I've only been intimate with one person, my ex-husband. How do I even start? Wow. Okay. You start at the pleasure chest. I mean, 22 years is a really long time. And one person, I mean, I wasn't with Tom for 12 years and that felt like a really long time. Um, So I I can't imagine that tacking on another 10 years to that. I think you just got to dive into it. Be a little fearless. You start maybe with a one night stand, to be honest. Truly, (laughs) I I would say, I mean, 22 years, I've been with someone for like 22 minutes max but first of all try and go easy on yourself because it Mm -hmm. is going to be scary it is going to be intimidating especially sleeping when you've only slept with one person and been doing that for 22 years that is going to be something to get used to but something tells me when you get into the swing of things you'll get used to it quite quickly 100 percent. so i i think the the best way to take the pressure off yourself is probably to start just doing it with the with the one i don't know I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would say one night stand wouldn't hurt you. Wouldn't hurt you at all. There's um, no, yeah, there's no. Pre- if you think like, well, regardless of how this goes, I don't have to see this person again unless you want to. But like, mm-hmm. there's no pressure there. You know, you just like you can think of it as just like you can be whoever you want to be. Katie's like, put a wig on, get out there. Well, I mean, like, like that. But I'm just saying, like, you just you don't yeah. like you have to worry about how you feel about them if they like you if they're what they think about you. You all you get to just kind of be selfish about it and only think about yourself. You really just have to know that most people are nervous. I date all the time, but I still get nervous before first dates. The best you can hope for coming out of a first date is that it isn't uncomfortable. But other than that, you just have to go into it and be as fearless as you can and go easy on yourself. Like that is crazy to go from 22 years and one peen to many, Hmm. many peens. So be fearless because it's hard. Yeah. And I think, you know, dating will come eventually, but if you want to just... And hopefully so will you. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think just start having a little bit of fun without any kind of like pressure or worrying about what comes next. And then dating will, I think, come a little bit more naturally. Once you, once you get used to the idea of just kind of like being with somebody, being comfortable with somebody, going on a, you know, just going out and meeting them, be having it be super casual, then worry about dating and feelings and all that. Yeah. 
also, we don't know this person's history, but I said the pleasure chest, like you, I hope that you know yourself sexually. If you're, as you're writing to explore that to other people, if that hasn't been taken care of, please get to know yourself. That too. Yeah. My problem is this. In August of 2023, my dad suddenly and unexpectedly passed. We were extremely close and it has completely altered every aspect of my life. I am in my mid-20s and have been single for two years after the end of a serious relationship, mainly because I've been too busy to date while in law school. Now that I'm graduating, I want to get back out there and start dating again, but I have a lot of anxiety about first dates because typically people ask questions about your parents, family, and upbringing. It feels wrong to say it's just my mom, brother, and I when my dad was a huge part of my life and I don't want to act like he's not here. At the same time, I don't want to trauma dump on someone that I recently lost my father. Any advice for handling emotionally difficult topics, life events that arise, especially in the early stages of dating? You would know. <laughs> I have. Yeah, my dead mom. I definitely would know. I have. Yeah, I have a lot to say on that. First of all, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. It's incredibly difficult to have to overcome that. My mom died when I was 22 and it completely derailed my life. It's been 11 years and it's something that I still struggle with. And what I have learned because I've made this mistake a lot, like you talked on trauma dumping, be very wary of that. Not because you're going to scare someone off because with the right person, they'll be fine with it. It leaves the door open for people to take advantage of you who don't have good intentions because they see that you need that, that closeness through your vulnerability. And so they'll use that as a way to access you. I've made that mistake several times with absolute creeps and scumbags. So more than anything to protect yourself. And I know you don't want to lie. It it is people always assume that my parents are alive or in my life. So it is a normal thing. But what I've done over time on first dates, you don't even know if you're going to see this person again or like them. So when they ask like, oh, where do your parents live? I just say Seattle. And if like, are you close? And I say, yeah, like, yeah, I'm close to my mom. Because that's true. And that is where she lived. And it's not totally lying. And again, if this person is someone that you're going to purpose in your life, they'll get it. Like when you tell Mm -hmm. them eventually, it's not lying or being deceitful. I just think it's smart to hold that closer to your chest. And then also some people you who do have good intentions, you don't that that's a lot. And some people are really uncomfortable around death and don't know what to do with it. So I think it's fair to Keep that a little closer to your chest before you get to know someone. My mom was a huge part of my life. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's very hard for me to talk about my childhood without including her in it. But you just don't have to say everything. The less the less detail you want to give there until you really get to know someone, the better, in my opinion. I don't think anyone's going to question if you just say, like, I'd rather, like, save that conversation for later. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a longer Well, and also most more personal story. Yeah, people can take the hint if you're being short about something. So and yeah, it's when you don't know somebody, no one's going to be like, what's the deal? Like if people be like, OK, it's probably a more personal story. People are like, I get it. Yeah. I would not think anything of that if somebody, you know, oh, probably because also like I'd be like, I don't know this person. I don't know if I feel comfortable with them telling me something that personal right now anyway. Yeah. I am 22, just graduated college and started my first real job. One thing I have done recently is end friendships and relationships that don't serve me or bring me happiness. I know we have conditioned ourselves to accept mistreatment in friendships and relationships, but it's still hard for me to accept those losses in my life no matter how bad they were. Any advice on how to get through the guilt and the loneliness that comes from ending friendships that were negative for you? If you really felt like these were just like not great friendships and relationships for you, I think it's just constant reminder of like, you got to make a list. 
and revert back to the list as to why every time you feel that kind of loneliness, then do that. When things don't serve you, it's the damn good reason for it. Um, it's, I mean, of course you're going to feel that sort of like void in your life, but I think if you can fill it with something else that makes you feel good, start there. First of all, the guilt has got to go. Oh God. That yeah. has that you need to separate yourself from. You need mm-hmm. to be really proactive about telling yourself there is no guilt. I think you I replace that with feeling pride. Yeah. Feel, feel like proud of yourself for doing that because most people don't actually do that. They just kind of will accept the mistreatment. Yeah. There's there's no there's no guilt in doing that. And I think the loneliness, that's to be expected, but it will pass. Mm-hmm. So it's more so just knowing that you're opening your life up for other people to come in it. And that is a better place to be. And we talked about this before in romantic relationships, but the same is said for platonic relationships. If you're if you have platonic relationships that make you feel lonely, it's better to just be alone and give yourself time to learn more about yourself, which will attract the right kind of people. So the guilt's got to go. But good for you for ending the negative relationships. Your life will improve. Yeah. And I think, yeah, more if you can. Once you start learning more about yourself and figure out the types of relationships, the people that you want in your life, be that person yourself. And you're going to attract that kind of energy and those people into your life quicker than you think. Right. Go to a dive bar also. <laughs> Go to a dive bar. There. Yeah, exactly. I'm 41 turning 42 end of this month. I'm very unhappy in my career. It stresses me out. It makes me very anxious. I've decided to take real estate classes and get my real estate license. I've always thought about it, but a little shy when it comes to selling. In other aspects of my life, I am anything but shy. I'm told by my family and friends with my personality, they think I would be great at it. I tend to be very down on myself and always think I'm not good enough or not meant for success. I'm working on it. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. I am not married, divorced, no kids by choice. I'm in a relationship for 10 years now and we will probably get married, but I'm very independent and was raised to never rely on anyone, especially a man. P.S. L.A. sounds horrible for dating. You ladies should come date in New York City. Our men are very different and hot. Um, <laughs> preach. I LOL. I'm going to New York this weekend to see Ariana's opening night on Broadway and mm-hmm. I will be scoping out the hotties. I have I actually have so much to say on this because my entire career has been in sales and I am now besides this one random year where I was on a reality television show. But. Fake it till you make it. 100%. I'm very outgoing and I'm kind of the same way. Like I can make friends in any room that I mm-hmm. go into, but in sales, it is kind of nerve wracking and it's just like in life. It's all about confidence. So mm-hmm. just go into it and people won't know that the difference between it being real and not being real. So start there. I'm sure that you have great potential. And once you, it's like repetition. Once you get, keep doing something, you get better at it. But furthermore, staying in a career that makes you miserable is not the vibe. No, I think you should like constantly reinvent yourself, even if that means trying out a new job, a new career. If there's something you've always been curious about and wanting to do, I think you should do it many times in life. I think it is an anti- another antiquated sort of idea is that like you, this sort of like linear life that you have to live where you graduate high school, then you go to college, you get a degree, you use that degree, then you get a job and then you work that job for the rest of your life. If that's what you want to do and that's the the path that you're on and it works for you, then great. But I think if you're not happy doing something and you want to switch gears, you should 100% do it. I understand sometimes the imposter syndrome. I get it where like you're just like, uh, what am I doing? And am I going to fail at this? And like, it's always scary. But yeah, I think just kind of being a little bit delusional in life goes a really long way. A little delusion 
goes a long way. So sometimes Delulu is the Salulu. It is the Salulu. Well, and also, yeah, I was going to say the imposter syndrome at all. It's that's all women. And I'm glad you're working on it. But keep working on that because that you're that is you're lying to yourself. That's your shadow work you need to do like that. Yeah. is That's not real. So keep working on that. And also, I was raised in a household that it was very much impressed upon me to never rely on anyone and especially men. So I think that doesn't have to go anywhere. It sounds like you're in a healthy relationship, which is amazing. But mm-hmm. keep working on your career and just so proud of you for yeah. getting out of what wasn't working. Exactly. Love. And, you know, see you in New York. Set me up with someone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Suggestions on how to cope with being a B less friend. I've always been told that I'm smart, funny, and a good person to be around, but I've never really felt like I've made any A list friends. I get invited to last minute events, get comments like, we had a great girls weekend planned and you should have been there. But I also get messages late at night and emergency calls from people who need someone to listen and help. Is it possible to accept that maybe I'm just not a ride or die type, even though friendships, connections, and supporting others is so important to me? I'm in my late 30s and I want that core group of women supporting others like I had in my early 20s before I got married and had kids. I guess this is our spooky episode because I have two words for this person. Mm. Energy vampires. Yep. The thing is, if you are the friend that people are always calling upon and it's not reciprocated, people are taking advantage of you. It's, it's like that saying that's something like stop texting first or reaching out first and see how many dead plants you're watering. Yeah. Exactly. And this is so sad in general. Like I'm you're not a B-list friend. Like, again, that's your shadow work. You're lying to yourself. And also, it, if you were a B-list friend, these people would not be reaching out to you in a time of need. They know the kind of friend you are, but they're just. Yeah, I mean, I think, OK, so when we get in a certain age, I think people definitely have friends that fill certain needs. You know, like I have friends that I will absolutely call that I know I can rely on that will give me the best advice that I can rely on an emergency and times and needs and stuff like that. So if you are that friend, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad friend. If I mean, it's it's a bummer that you're not being included in fun weekend plans and things like that. I mean, is it possible that maybe they don't think you'd want to be included in something like that? Are they all married with kids? Are you the only one? I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but I don't know if you've ever like had a conversation saying that you want to be included in more of these things. It always helps to like speak up about those types of feelings. I would I would say that's the first line of defense. So first of all, how to cope with being a B-list friend. I wouldn't cope with that. I wouldn't settle for that. No. So I would say, so your first thing is not to cope with it. My first line of defense is kind of to your point. Maybe they don't know. Friendships work both ways. And if you're married with kids, like we don't know if your friends are married with kids. But you do have a lot on your plate. So it's possible that it is an oversight. So I would the friendships that you care about and the people you care about, I would reach out and just say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. These relationships are important to me. I'd like to feel that closeness again. So I just want to make sure it's known. I'll make an effort, but I'd really appreciate it if you it would include me in these things. So I feel like that's possibly some of what's going on here. And then if you're not getting what you need, yes, we have those friends that are for emergencies and whatnot. But I'm just saying if you're not feeling like it's reciprocated and you're getting the heaviness and not the fun stuff, then you should open yourself up and keep trying to meet new people. And it's yeah. hard in your 30s, but it's worth it. Yeah, I would be curious if these people are the ones like if you called them and you needed them, do they pick up? Do they answer? Or right. is it just like a one, you know, one sided kind of thing? Um but it makes me sad when anyone says that they feel like they're B-list. To me, that doesn't sound like B-list because I, you know, I have friends I, I can go out and party with, but will, would, would I call for advice or 
well, could I rely on them in emergency? No. Mm-mm. And to me, that doesn't necessarily like scream a list. No. So you can be our friend. Yeah. Also, <laughs> come hang out with us. You can see us at any local greasy spoon. So I'm newly single and recently got back into the dating game. My question is, how do you guys cope when you get ghosted by mm. someone who you thought you really hit it off with? I feel like I've experienced this several times in the past where a guy shows a lot of interest in you and vice versa, then out of the blue doesn't speak to you again. I get it. People lose interest. But how do you prepare yourself and deal with after effects? <sighs> how do we deal with the after effects of the afterlife? Well, different ways, I guess. Sometimes I get really like drunk. No, I'm just kidding. No, but sometimes depending on the person, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Now I'm a little bit better where I'm just like, all right screw you on to the next or just on with life. I don't know, not say on to the next, but on with life. But in the past, when it's somebody that I really liked and I really didn't expect it from them, like it can honestly suck. And I just have to kind of like sit with those like feelings and, and grieve the ghost, grieve the death, because that's what it is. So how do we approach this? What are the five stages of grief? Again, it's like anger, getting wasted, going shopping, <laughs> getting calling <even>. your ex. <laughs> yeah. Flirting with one of their friends. <laughs> seven stages of grief then we're gonna we'll get back to you on the list of the new stages of grief but we talked about this last week you're in the business of rejection it it does Mm -hmm. suck so how you cope with it is you let it be uncomfortable for how long it needs to but try to let yourself rebound quick like I always when that's happening it it is such an icky feeling so let the ick happen for a day and then constantly tell yourself even if you don't believe it it has nothing to do with you because it doesn't it's not about you So the problem is when we take these things on and create a narrative that it's about us when it isn't. No, and I I think that's that's the biggest thing that I've learned is like because think about the times that you have just maybe lost interest in a person or somebody that you're slightly more interested has come along, you know, and it's it has nothing necessarily to do with that person. Like as an individual, they're great, but like you know, it's just not every person you meet is going to end up in a relationship. So like. These situations, it's just, it's bound to happen. So you shouldn't ghost. Look in the mirror and say to yourself 10 times, I want what wants me. I only want what, what wants, wants me. me. Say that over again. It sounds like we'll want, we'll want, we'll want until it is background noise in your head. That is the key. But I, I think Open that's the, the best way to walk through it. That's the best way to handle these things is when somebody just does that and say, well, I only want what wants me. So I only want what wants me. And right now I want Rosé, which is fine. Also, so do what you need to do and you'll get over it. Love it. These are amazing. Please keep sending them in. We're obsessed. Next week, we are going to start saying people's names. So please, if you would like to be anonymous, identify it as such. Otherwise, just we'll put say anonymous your name. as your name yeah. or you could put whatever as your name. You could put your actual name. You could come up with a moniker. You could come up with whatever you want. Right. If you say you're Chad Kroger, we'll probably be more likely to read it. And then <laughs> also, gonna put Chad please, please, please. Keep them short. These again, it's you're more likely to be read because we have a lot to get through and we want to answer as many as we can. Yeah. That's That's it. That's it. All right. Well, see you in the cemetery. See. (laughs) Love you. Love you. Bye. Babe, you're going to see the power of women like disrespectfully. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.